Let the show begin. Damn, y'all feel it? Oh. This is the Finesse Media Podcast, Season 3. Check it out. The number one show focusing on HBCU news. Hey. With guests, entertainment, Ladies and, and surprise co-hosts. You put me in an awkward situation. Now, here is your host, Ken Finesse Media. Just like that, we back with another episode of Finesse Media Podcast, Season 3. I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media, giving it to you each and every week with something brand new. So, uh, another episode, and this is going to be another great episode. Each and every week, we talk to people that's finessing the game. So, later in this episode, we'll be talking to a great guest. Uh, I can't wait. Yasmin Ramos, three-time, um, I think, entrepreneur and and, and just a diehard worker, right? So when I say three-time, I'm saying she's a producer. She's an entrepreneur. And she's also somebody that does a lot of philanthropy work. So I cannot wait to speak to this triple threat, Yasmin Ramos, uh, later in the episode. And if you are tuned in, this episode is sponsored by A Double Play Summer by the author L.M. Richardson. And that book can be purchased on Amazon, uh, digital formats, or anywhere books can be sold. So get ready and uh Get into it with a double play summer. What starts as the best summer ever quickly turns into a foul play. DJ has to give up her bedroom and the most important softball tournament of her short career. Without DJ, the team isn't confident they'll be able to make it past the summer softball showdown for a shot at Nationals, as it turns out. The summer wasn't a total bust, but was far more rewarding than DJ could have ever imagined. Unexpectedly, DJ makes the all-star team, combats trauma, and goes on a date gigging with Jonah Payne. A Double Play Summer by L.M. Richardson can be purchased on Amazon in print or digital formats wherever books are sold and is also available in Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, that's what you can do. Get the book. It's so good. A Double Play Summer by L.M. Richardson. And for people who had checked us out on our uh, Finesse Media Day, which, for those that don't know, it's September the 22nd. But our Finesse Media Day, we had um, our sponsors on our live uh, Facebook page. And L.M. Richardson is my uh, professor from the University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff. Shout out to my HBCU. So check the book out, A Double Play Summer. As you heard, it's available on Amazon Kindle. Anywhere books are sold, so check it out. Uh, It's a great novel. And as I mentioned also about HBCUs, each and every week on the Finesse Media Podcast, we uh, spotlight HBCUs. And last week we shouted out Paul Quinn uh, University or college. So shout out to Paul Quinn uh, from Dallas, Texas. And this week we'll bring up another HBCU coming up. And our HBCU of the week is Dillard University. So I can't wait to uh, talk to uh, Shalacy Living, who is uh, an alumni from Dillard University. So if you attended an HBCU, man, that's what we're doing. We want to spotlight you. We want you to come on, talk about your experience. Uh, I said and I'll say it again. If you went to an HBCU and you didn't graduate, that doesn't matter. Just talk about your experience because it's a fantastic experience um, being at an HBCU, man. It's one of the things that I pride, and this show spotlights each and every week. So if you want your HBCU to be spotlighted on the Finesse Media Podcast, hit me up, finessemediapodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, just put in the subject title I want to be on uh, to spotlight my HBCU, uh, and I'll, I'll hit you back, man, because I want to I wanna spotlight each uh, and every HBCU that we got out there, man. So shout out to Dillard University uh, for being our HBCU of the week. We're going to get into our HBCU segment. Let's go. 
Historically black colleges and universities, commonly called HBCUs, are defined by the Higher Education Act of 1965 as any historically black college or university that was established prior to 1964 whose principle was and is the education of black Americans and that is accredited by a nationally recognized accrediting agency or association determined by the Secretary of Education. It's now time for the Finesse Media Podcast, HBCU of the Week. Hey, Dillard University, and uh, we hurt, man. <laughs> We haven't had a homecoming. I'm mad as hell. There's been no homecoming for us. But Dillard University uh, is our HBCU of the week. And Dillard University is a private historically black college, liberal arts university in New Orleans or New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Founded in 1930 and incorporated earlier institutions and incorporating earlier institutions that were founding as 18. After the American Civil War, it is affiliated with the United Church of Christ and the United Methodist Church. Um, For those that know Dillard University, uh, also know that Xavier University is another HBCU there in New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, Dillard University. Uh, Thank you for being our HBCU of the week, and uh, without uh, you, uh, HBCUs wouldn't matter. So, Dillard University. But I told you already that each and every week we're not only going to spotlight an HBCU, but we're going to talk uh, to a past current uh, member uh, or student from the university. So welcome to the podcast for the first time. Uh, my soror of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, Shalacy Living. What's up, girl? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> What's up, baby? Listen, I mm-hmm. say baby. I say, listen, I say baby, Sora, because it's all the way from the boot that you represent yeah. uh, Dillard University. Yeah, New Orleans, Louisiana. So what's up? Welcome to the podcast. Um, and uh, tell us, nice. our listeners, about <laughs> No, it's good to have you. So we're going to chop it up for, you know, a few minutes here and uh, let our listeners know. Um Shalacy, how was your experience? When did you attend? When did you graduate? If you didn't graduate, that's cool. But tell our listeners about your experience and uh, your enrollment at Dillard University. Well, I definitely did graduate from, you know, uh, the greatest university. <laughs> I'm sorry, the greatest HBCU in New Orleans. We, uh, we'll pay attention to that. We will pay attention to that, My experience was amazing. It, it, nothing short of amazing. I am. Bo- I was born and raised in Louisiana, little small country town, you know, about two hours outside of New Orleans. Um, mm, and I, okay. I went to school my whole life, white Catholic school. That was me. So okay, my my biggest experience with black folks was my house. And my cousin and all of that good stuff. But when I got to do it, it was like a culture shock. I was like, whoa. And then, you know. Yeah, man. And then I was so nervous because I had been going to school with white people. My musical taste is extremely eclectic. But I get that from my mom as well. So I was like, man, they're going to make fun of me. I'm going to have to act like I like rap music like that. And it wasn't like that at all. Like, it was not like that at all. I found like-minded friends. They were cool with me bumping my Spice Girls. So it was great. Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I went from a nice... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you, what what year did you enroll? It was uh, 2003. Okay, okay, there you go. 2003, I graduated in 2007. Um, so I went okay. through the the whole Katrina thing and everything. So, um, you know, not only was, was that a huge blow because I was, like, coming yeah. into myself. I, yeah. I, I tell people all the time that, you know, I might be from the country. I was born and raised there, but 
I became a woman in New Orleans. Yeah. So how was that experience? That's where you grew up. How was that experience being at Dillon University? You're from Louisiana or New Orleans or how was that experience during the Hurricane Katrina? Talk to me about the university. How did you receive or how did the university respond to that to that terrible, terrible, you know what I mean, uh, hurricane? The shit was crazy. How did you uh, or how did the university respond? And what do you remember? Um, unfortunately, I remember everything. Um, and they responded yeah. as best as we could for what we were working with. Um, you know, we, it, it was the beginning of my junior year. We thought it was a joke because, I mean, I'm from Louisiana. I'm used to the hurricanes. So we didn't think that Katrina was going to be as big as she was. And me and my friends, they had a house party the night before. We were the next morning getting over hangovers, eating pancakes on the couch. So... <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's the no, best recovery after some good alcohol. Man, Get you some good man. pancakes. Sop them up with some good syrup. Yeah, that's good. No, that's good. I I, re- I remember it like it was yesterday. Like we we thought it was a joke until they started sending the uh, the RAs around because we stayed in the campus apartment. So even the RAs there were running around the apartment complex, knocking on people's door, telling them that we had to go, we had to go. So, you know, mm-hmm. we still taking our time and everything. I, I brought the most unessential items. You know, I bought my, my CDs because, you know, I'm a, I'm a night, I, I grew up in the 90s, so I had the big old CD mm-hmm. case that you can, when you when it flip uh-huh. it, flap. That's what I had. Pages, pages of CDs. Yeah. So I brought that, a teddy bear, and like a pair of jeans. That was it. We thought we were going to go to my parents' house, which was about, like I said, I'm two and a half hours away. But it was so massive that we couldn't. So we had to uh-huh. go to Houston. And the next morning when we woke up in Houston at my best friend's parents' house, we saw the news. And our beloved university was underwater. And we didn't know what to do. Yeah. Cry. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend, shout out to Andrea. Um, her mom is also uh, uh, Soror. Shout out to Zeta Phi Beta. We're going to get into that too because you're a member of Zeta Phi Beta. Uh, but she attended uh, the university during that time. And I remember her calling and telling me, like, man, we left the campus, but they told us when we had to uh, come back, you really just couldn't even go inside of the rooms. Like, our computer, yeah. everything was underwater. Like you said, the whole university was underwater. So uh, what a crazy experience. But Dillard University, you know, showed itself. And, and just like any, you know, school would on that time, and I'm sure other schools surrounded it, Xavier being one very close to you all, you know, that, you know, you guys had to do what you had to do. But being at, yeah. at Dillard University, let's tap, let's tap more into it. So you attended the university. What was your major? You did graduate in 2007, so you told us that. But what was your major? Major was uh, sociology and criminal justice. Oh, so I, I, I thought dope. I was a, a big smart girl, getting double majors and stuff. <laughs> no, we, we 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 know that once you get in school, uh, you start you know you start to do things that you want to do and that you have planned to do. So you know, are you still traveling down uh, that same path? Or have For the you most part. Because it's been well, over. Yeah, okay. Hey, 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 watch it now. You ain't have to say all the years now. Um, well, I'm listening. I'm right here with you, Sora. So, <laughs> I mean, my listeners know me. My listeners know me, so they know I'm not busting it open. I, we actually did the same thing. I went to school in 03. Uh, I graduated in actually 09, so I spent a little more time hanging around. And, you know, mm-hmm. I played Sigma in 07. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My listeners know this, but I wanted to know during your time, you know, uh, you know that sort of thing. Uh, so being a Zeta, let's talk about it. So an HBCU, as we know it, you know, has some of the uh, highest, I think, um, apparatus and surrounding of when we talk about the HBCUs and Divine Nine and being a member of a Divine Nine organization, uh, Zeta Phi Beta. 
Uh, tell our listeners and talk to uh, talk to me about that experience uh, being at Delhi University, uh, being a member of Zeta Phi Beta. Listen, that that was the the best thing I could have ever done. I remember going to um, like getting to school initially my freshman year and seeing everybody on campus. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I mean, I had an idea because my older sister is is Sarah as well. Okay. So okay. I had an idea, but I wanted to choose for myself. So what what brought me in to Zeta at Dillard is the same thing that brought me into Dillard in general. It was a family. They were very, very welcoming. Um, still to this day, I talk to everyone often on a daily basis, like, they mm-hmm. are more than just my friends. Those are my brothers and my right. sisters, you know, and that's the experience that I needed. And it's every single time I go somewhere, every single time I see somebody, and they know I'm a Zeta, oh, uh-huh. come here, let me, let's do this, let's do that. That it's an, it's an amazing feeling. You know, I've seen how it was with my sister, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And my sister went to a PWI. So yeah, I was, was going like, to say, did your, t- your sister go to? Yeah. Did you she say a PWI or a PWI? No, I said a PWI. <laughs> okay, I was like, damn, they changed the lingo. It's a TWI now. And I actually had a word. I was like, okay, they changed it to totally white people. <laughs> For those who don't know, PWI. Uh, Predominantly white institutions for people who are listening, because uh, we still tell the folks for HBCU thing, which I love to do. Uh, but you saw your yeah. sister being a member of Zeta Phi Beta, and you knew that this was something that you wanted to do. Uh, and she it, went it to was, a, a PWI and, and played Zeta. Yeah, and her even and she had a great experience with all of them there. But it was so different being at Dillard, you know. All the HBCUs surrounding Dillard, Xavier, Southern, we'll, we'll shout out Grambling, all of them. Like, everybody was so receptive. You know, it didn't matter where we were mm-hmm. or what we were doing on that particular campus. We were a huge family. And that made a difference to mm-hmm. me because my initial decision to go to an HBCU was a different world. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie, Dillard University was my a different world. That's what it is. One hundred. That's what it is. Yeah, it definitely feels that way when you're at that campus and you're from, you know, Louisiana, and so you you're very familiar. I would assume much of the culture there, or just the Southern Coast culture. You know, my listeners know I'm, you know, from Chicago, so being in Arkansas, it was a totally different thing. And then just being exposed to all of that, it, it's a family, like you mentioned at Dillard. So my last question, and just kind of wanted to get your experience on this one, and again, Shalacy Sorrell, thank you so much for joining the podcast, man, and, and I don't want you to go anywhere. You're, you're kicking back. We got a great guest coming up later I want you to stick around for, but I want to ask you one last thing about your HBCU, not really experience, but kind of what I've asked uh, each guest that has come on. What do you say to those people that say to you that HBCUs no longer matter and that going to an HBCU uh, is just not important? That is an amazing question. And my answer to people who say that, because I was told that the other day, is always this. If you want to get an actual education, then go somewhere where people look like you. If you want to learn the value of who you are and not just what you can do for somebody, go to an HBCU. That's it. Most definitely. Most definitely. And that's it. Um, And my experience, I think, just being there kind of garnered the same, you know, response, watching the the students and the professors that look like me. You know what I mean? and then the diversity that still happens, you still see it, but when you're not the minority there, 
that shit is amazing. And you don't really really get to experience that outside of the rim of an HBCU as often. Every single day, even though you stayed off campus in the off campus apartments, you still saw it. And that, my sorrow, I would tell you, I agree with you 100%. You couldn't have said it any better. You couldn't have said it any better when you go to places and think just, and folks look like you. Uh, that's a, that's a great experience. So shout out to Dillard University, so thank y'all for being my HBCU of the week. And uh, man, listen, so uh, I want you to kick back. Uh, I want you to kick back and and, and listen more and uh, continue to support the podcast. Thank you for your time, Sora. Thank you for coming on. Blue five Z five, all that blue shit, good shit. <laughs> Man, Appreciate listen, you, so listen, I'm, I'm going to go, most deaf, listen, don't go nowhere, chill, chill back, uh, I'll be back after this, when I come back, I'm bringing my guests on, Yasmin Ramos, she in the studio, Yasmin looking good, she ready to talk, so she's from the Bronx, man, so for y'all who already know, Yasmin Ramos is a dope chick, she's an Emmy-nominated uh, associate producer for the Wendy Williams show, she's been rocking it out for 12 years, but more importantly, I want to talk to her about um, Spicy Christian. She got this dope-ass brand, uh, and maybe I shouldn't say ass and, and Christians, but listen, Jazz created this brand, Spicy Christians, because of people uh, she didn't want to feel or those people that felt outcast by the Christian community. So if you got that spice and you got that edge, Spicy Christians is definitely somebody that you want to be rocking with. So Jazz is who I'm talking to uh, coming up next. Uh, on this episode of Finesse Media Podcast Season 3. Hang tight. Shalacy, man. Z5, Blue Fire, all that good stuff, man. And happy uh, 100, too. I'm sorry, Sora. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Hold tight, Sora. We about to get this thing cracking. Yes, yeah, so and what's up? Damn. Y'all feel that? Online on demand. Before the break, we got a great guest on this week, another finesse, somebody that's finessing the game that's been doing it uh, for so many years, right, Yes, But coming yes. to the podcast for the first time on the Finesse Media Season 3, make some noise for Yasmin Ramos. What's up, lady? Emmy. Wait, and also, look, Emmy-nominated producer Yasmin Ramos. What's up, lady? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How you doing, Queen? It's good to have you. Yes, and I'm so happy to be on your show. Thank you for that awesome introduction. I am doing well. Thank you, Jesus. Um, taking it day by day, you know, balancing this working from home life and my personal life and trying to make sure that they don't kind of like, you know, <laughs> intertwine. So, you know, it's just been, you know, day by day. Day by day. No, we, <laughs> but you, you hustling and moving, and you're right. You got your shirt on. God always come through. I'm wearing my yes. shirt. You sure are. You sure are. Be humble, but know your worth. Because I feel like a lot of times as Christians, we're so kind. And sometimes there are some people that like to take um, advantage of our kindness. And I think it's really easily as a Christian, you know, to be humble and sometimes to get your worth. So that shirt you're wearing is a reminder to know your worth. And what I got on is new to the Spicy Christians collection. And it's got always come through. 
Um, and this is just because at the end of the day, no matter what you're going through, God always comes through. And it's 90s inspired because mm-hmm. I love the show Martin. So No, for sure. It's, it's, it's like our version from the 90s. I love Martin, too. But it's like our yeah. version of when we say uh, uh, God is good all the time and all the time Hello. God is good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly. what the old people say. Well, not old people say, but you know that's the old school term. So God always comes through, definitely. And thank you again, uh, Yes, for coming through. Uh, so many people who had saw this was like, "Yo, you having Yes, uh, yo, Yes." Uh, listen, you a vibe out here doing your thing. Oh my God, that makes me feel so good. Because sometimes you know, being an entrepreneur and starting a small business, which you know, you know, we put so much work into it that you don't really realize sometimes, like the impact that you're making, you know? So to hear that you're saying that all these people were excited about me being on, it really makes me feel like, wow, like I'm out here. Okay, people are noticing because, you know, sometimes I feel like, do they see me? You know, like, are people really Uh like, you know, feeling this? Like, is it resonating? So it just feels good to know that I got a following. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, definitely, definitely. But for people who who just tuned in and and just welcome to the party, uh, but Yasmin, you've been doing your thing. You're from the Bronx, New York. So you hear that accent, y'all. You hear it. How is that? So I'm from Chicago, so I'm another, you know, Chicago and a city guy, but how is it? How was it for you growing up in the Bronx? How was that for you? Well, first of all, I give credit to me being from the Bronx because it made me who I am because I'm street smart and also book smart and just so grateful for the fact that, you know, you can't pull anything over me for the most part. Like, I just see things from a mile away. Mm -hmm. So I give that to my Bronx culture, you know, that uh, raised me, you know, and I love the Bronx. I feel like there's so much diversity here. Um, There's so much culture. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my parents, you know, had me here in the Bronx. In fact, I live in a neighborhood not too far from the building where they moved when they had me. So um, the Bronx has just always been like close to my heart. Like I've lived in other places, but I just love the Bronx. Like nothing comes like to the Bronx to me. And I think it's just because most of my childhood was spent here. So Mm -hmm. it's very nostalgic for me sometimes walking down certain areas of the Bronx that I can realize, I can see myself, you know, back in the day, like walking the streets when I was like eight years old or maybe even younger. So the Bronx made me who I am and Cardi's from the Bronx. So <laughs> no, the Bronx is hot. No. Big from the Bronx, that Joe's from the Bronx, <laughs> right? Like that can go on and on. So No, you definitely got some spicy people from, from the Bronx from the Bronx. Uh, so, like you said, Jenny from the Bronx, right? It's yes, Jenny from the Bronx. You know, she's from the Bronx, spicy in it up. Keeping it on spicy, I guess that's a good segue. Spicy Christian. This is the shirt, like I say, you're wearing, I'm wearing this brand, Spicy Christian. This is when I noticed. So, we're going to talk about you being the cold producer of the Wendy Williams show for so long. But what you really, you know, caught my eye in doing this Spicy Christians and this line of work that you're doing. So talk to me and my listeners about Spicy Christians. What did you get started with that brand? Okay, so Spicy Christians, in fact, uh, that's such a great question because we are celebrating our year anniversary um, next week. So October 19th will be the official day, um, you know, anniversary day for Spicy Christians because I launched last year um, that same day. So I am so grateful to see, like, how it's evolved. And it's definitely um, exceeded my expectations in so many ways. Um, I started Spicy Christians because I have always been a big churchgoer. I haven't been to church in a while, but back in the day, uh, which is probably, I say back in the day like it was so long ago, like maybe two years ago. Like, <laughs> no, we've been in this corona. Uh, but um, church really uh, ha- developed my relationship with God. It really helped me build a relationship with God and it helped me spiritually. And so I just felt like sometimes at the church that I was going to, I didn't really fit in per se. Like I got along well with everybody, but I just felt like there were certain parts of me that I had to hide, you know? And like, I couldn't wear things that I wanted to wear. Like I felt like there was always a prayer cloth coming my way. No shade, but I would wear something that would like, you know, be up to my knees. I felt was conservative because I know like boundaries. And then I feel like, you know, sometimes when I would have like the prayer cloth, like come over my, just my knees, I would just feel a certain kind of way. And I felt like, what if there was somebody that has not been to church in a long time and just is going to church, you know, and that happens, that may discourage them from wanting to go again. And that might even like, you know, 
ruin their relationship with God. I don't know who knows, you know, it's just, it's so fragile when people are building their relationship with the Lord that you just want to make sure that you are careful, you know, mm-hmm. and you need to feel welcome. And so I wanted to create like a demographic and a platform for believers that are like me, you know, edgy, you know, we may wear, you know, something that may people may not feel is like, Christian like or we may want to go to the club you know people may want to twerk maybe want to you know have a little drink here and there right. but like in moderation but care. at the same time you know we still love God you know there are a lot of us that still love God and we shouldn't be judged for our lifestyles you know because when you praise the Lord we're all a work in progress so I figured why not call it spicy and yeah. then Christians Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it's such a wonderful brand, uh, yes. And you do it by yourself, or I mean, the team of people um, that you do it with. Who are the folks that help you uh, if you're not doing it by yourself? So for the most part, I have to give credit to my family because I can always depend on them when I'm having like one of my events, you know. Because I just started doing like some pop up events out there in like the streets, um, like when they're having like festivals or Black Expo events. So that's been great. So I have to give a shout out to this woman that I actually met um, recently, maybe like a month ago. Her name is Shakira. And shout out to her because she found me on the gram and we never like knew, like we didn't know each other. We never met or anything like that. Mm. And she just, I guess, gravitated to my page. And when I posted about me coming to Jersey for a pop-up event, she hit me up. It was like, oh, I want to come and, you know, see you and support. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. So I just figured she just want to, you know, come through so we can meet in person and that'd be it. But homegirl mm-hmm. was ready to work, okay? Whoa. She had her shirt on from Spicy Christians, and she was like, what do you need? And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my God, like, glory to God, because he sent you, mm-hmm. you know, specifically for this assignment to help me with my business and grow it, you know, here in the streets, you know, and get it, get it to the people and interact with my consumers. So I'm just so thankful yeah. that you have the same kind of energy that I have and you really want to be a part of this. So shout out to her because she's definitely seen spicy Christians. And, you know, every day for the most part, it's, you know, 90% me, but I have to give a shout out to the people that have helped me as well. No, definitely. Uh, yes, yeah, so I see you out there, and um, that's, that's definitely what's up for. And my uh, models, like my models too, sorry. <laughs> One talk to my models, Henry, my boyfriend, Abdul, um, Phyllis, You recently Lindsay. had a photo shoot that was hot. Yes, so my mouth and my photographer, John, like, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. No, like like what you were saying, the, the girl who, who came and helped, you know, from the Instagram. People feel that vibe, yes, and that's what you were saying kind of, you know, top Thank of the episode you. where, you. you know, you, you feel this vibe and that's real. Energy can Thank be felt, you. you know, so even through virtual, uh, the space that we're living in. But really, Thank you. attitude is definitely, you're welcome. Uh, Thank it's you. real. So definitely, thank like I you. said, I found the page and I said, Jazz is doing her thing. I need to definitely oh, support. That means but so I much. Wanted to, I wanted to have you on a season two, man. I had Derek <laughs> on, uh, you know, and I said to him, man, I, I wanted to have Jazz on last season, really, but, and, and he as well, because you I love Derek. Folks are finessing the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. You, you folks are doing things behind the scenes uh, with you know, big platform. So yeah. Wendy Williams, the he's at view. the view. You're right. He's at the view, and you're at Wendy Williams, executive mm-hmm. producer. So let's talk about that. And how long have you been uh, doing that uh, with Wendy Williams? Let's talk about that role. So I'm a produce, senior producer at Wendy, and I started at Wendy as a PA. Um, which was almost like a demotion for me because prior to working at Wendy, I was working at BET. And I was working at BET as an associate producer for a show called The Black Carpet. And that show got canceled. And when it was canceled, it was like my first job straight out of college in production. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. Like, I'm literally, like, in my career right now. I was 23. So I was like, hey. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It was so good. It was so dope. And I really enjoy working at BET. BET really um, crafted me to be the person that I am right now. It grew me um, in so many ways. I learned so much at BET, and I became a strong producer because of BET. Um, and I say that because I interview a lot of celebrities, and you know, as you know, doing interviews, the more you do it, the more better you become at it. And so it was so great to be out there at red carpet events and, you know, even like fly out to certain places to cover a few events. Like I've done Sundance, I did a few award shows um, and mm-hmm. just be out there and meet 
celebrities. Like, it was just like, wow, like, I never envisioned that for my life. Like, I did not think that I would be amongst A-listers, you mm-hmm. know? But that's what God's plan was for me. And I was so young, and they called me Red Carpet Ramos because I was hitting up every <laughs> single carpet. And I was just so happy that, you know, I was just so nice at it that people actually, you know, created a name for me, you know, Red Carpet Ramos. And so that was just so good. And I took all that experience and all those skills that I gained from there to the Wendy show. And mm-hmm. so being at Wendy, you know, again, um, I started as a PA and then I just worked my way up. So I went from PA to associate producer to producer to senior producer now. And here we are 12 years later, you know, and I'm still kicking. Kicking butt. Kicking ass, yes, kicking butt, you know, and just like, you know, doing my thing and just so thankful for, you know, God and for blessing me with creativity because I really believe that's what separates me from the rest and that's my creativity and I give that credit to God because I believe that he helps us with our like imagination and just like, you know, um, manifestation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, no, absolutely. And so being in college, did you ever think that, hey, me, Yasmin Ramos will have an Emmy, be an Emmy nominated producer? Where were you when you got that call that you were nominated? Because I had Morel on too last season. No one has ever asked me that. And I love this. Thank you. No one has ever asked me where I was. And I love this <laughs> question because I was in a great place. All right. And, <laughs> um, so, yes. I've always wanted to be an Emmy-nominated producer. Like, I wanted to just have an Emmy nomination. And I like that you can attach it to your title. So that was just something that I really wanted to gain. And being at Wendy, because I started as a PA, we're not, like, a part of the list when we're nominated, PAs and APs, depending on the show. So if the show is nominated or wins the Emmy, you don't, you win it, you know, by default because of the show, but there's not something that you would gain like independently. So it doesn't happen independently until you become like a producer. So when you're a producer, that's when you're singled out. And then that's when you're like Emmy nominated producer, you know, Emmy award winning producer. So it's mostly for producers and up. So um, when I got my promotion to producer, it happens to be, um, I think like the third year that we were nominated. So I missed the other nominations, but the third year that we were nominated, that's when my name made it to the list. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know that I had made it to the list. I didn't <laughs> even know that we were nominated for an Emmy. Uh, but a friend of mine texted me and I was in Hawaii yeah. and I was in Hawaii on vacation with my friend, um, Alisa, who lives out there. And we were at this restaurant and they had some really good eggs Benedict with avocado. It was delicious and so <laughs> I'm a foodie jazz wait <laughs> right so I was like so happy like cloud nine for this amazing meal that I was having uh-huh. and then to like you know add to that I get this text message and I was like congratulations you're an Emmy nominated producer and I was like what and I looked and I googled like the Emmy nominees <laughs> nominees and I saw like my name like on the website and I was just like oh my gosh and I felt like wow God this is big thank you Lord Mm -hmm. like I don't even care if I don't win like I don't even care if we don't win or whatever just to be Emmy nominated and Mm -hmm. then when you are Emmy nominated they send you a certificate so I got to like frame it and put it up on my wall and I look at it I'm like wow that's me yo like I did that like wow where is it at? Is it somewhere I can see it? Is it somewhere we can see it? Like, that's God. Is it somewhere well, we can see it? I'll give it to you. Give me one second. Can I bring it to you? Yeah, you can bring it to okay. me. We'll keep talking. Yeah. We'll keep talking. Yasmin is about to bring for our... I don't want to mess with my lighting. You can see us, uh, the Emmy uh, certificate. But doing your thing, that's what I say. Keep finessing the game for people who's listening because you never know. You know, you could be in the college room. You could be in the dormitory. And boom, you could be at right there. Emmy Nye, that's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Wow. Nobody has ever seen this. This is an exclusive, y'all. That's what's up. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for showing. Thank you for showing. Yeah. yeah. So, like I say, doing your thing as, as an Emmy now producer and, and having that and being at, at Wendy. So, what's that moment? I know the Emmy is a big moment, but has there been a moment in your career yet? Um, but again, I, no journeys on. 
has there been a moment yet in your career where you feel that, wow, this is the moment where I'm, I'm working towards this dream or towards, towards this goal, and it has manifested itself? Yeah. There's been a lot of those moments, and thank God for that because some people can't say that. So I'm very grateful that I have a lot of those moments. And another one would just be being on tour with Wendy. Like, that was a big deal for me. Like, I was on tour with her in 2018, and we toured 10 cities, and we went to places that I had never been to before, including Chicago. That was my <laughs> first time going to Chicago and seeing the bees. Was it, and I was okay, just, like, was it so in the weather? I was going to say, was it in the warm, warm season? You know, it you was gotta... summertime, so okay, it was bet. good weather. Good yep, weather. it was summertime. And so being on tour with Wendy and having being the only producer on that tour um, and producing Ask Wendy, which is like one of the biggest parts of the show that I was able to be the person that evolved as Wendy. And I will tell you that straight up, like it was my spice that I add to Ask Wendy that made it what it is like now. And now everyone just follows suit. But I, you know, the thing about Ask Wendy, it actually, I credit me being from the Bronx for Ask Wendy. Because mm-hmm. I've always been to like she's like bonchi, like chimosa, like that's like gossip, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've always been into that. So I've always knew people's business because people always told me their business, you know. And so um Ask Wendy uh pretty much is like my everyday life and talking to people is just what I do and I'm so good with people and I, you know, love people, like I'm a people person. So I make people feel comfortable to like want to tell me all their business, you know, <laughs> and I know that Wendy loves the juice. Yeah. So I was like, all right, girl, we could work on this together because I love it too. So <laughs> let's do this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and yeah. I understood what she liked. So whenever I would get like, you know, go through my line of people with questions, I became so good at it that I could just hear you and know if you're good for camera or not by like five seconds. I know. Like, if I want to use you or not, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you going to give me what I need? Or are you just going to be like, mm, like, fall flat on the camera? Because if you fall flat on camera, you're not a good look for me. So I can't use you. You, know? <laughs> you being dope on camera is a reflection of me. So that's what I need, you know? Right, that so, energy. Um, yeah, so being on the tour, you know, when the EP asked me to go on the show um, to be a part of it, I was just so honored and so grateful that he thought of me, but that's just because of, you know, my experience it spoke for itself. My work spoke for itself. You know, a lot of the segments that I produced for Ask Wendy got pickups on, like, the shade room. Like, oh, can you believe what happened on the Wendy show? Somebody said such and such and such. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's my work. Like, that feels <laughs> so good, you know? Good. So being on the tour and being the only producer out there, it was hard. It was hard, you know, because... I didn't have, like, all the sources that I have here, you know, in New York, like, in the office. So I had to make it happen in, like, a short amount of time and just, like, hear people's stories within, like, about 30 seconds each and then just embellish and then, like, give it to them to, like, memorize it and then put them on stage and then boom, you know? And it was great and it worked and Wendy loved it and it was so good and I was just so happy to be a part of that. No, that's dope. Like, no, no, real. Thank you for sharing because that's some exclusive because, I mean, I don't know if anybody who's watching and listening that, that, you know, and then definitely watches Wendy. No, you know, everybody knows Ask Wendy. I mean, she wrote a whole book. Yeah, she did. She did. She did. But that was when, that whole book, though, I have to, you know, let everybody know because if you're a Wendy fan, you know that she's been doing Ask Wendy forever. Mm -hmm. She was doing it like on her own, like on the radio show Mm -hmm. and everything. So that was just a part of who she is, you know, just doing it on the show. The talk show was just a little different because that involves like a producer being involved because she obviously won't be out there to get the people. So that's where I come in, you know, but Wendy has always been great with like Ask Wendy. That's what people look forward to her for advice, you know, mm-hmm, exactly. so I'm they know that happy she's gonna, to be a part of it. And she's going to be real in her answer. So mm-hmm. they know that, you know, hey, let me yep. ask Wendy. Now that's, yep. that's, that's dope. <laughs> and, and just being real, uh, I, I must say to do a lot of things, um, my motto is you judge a character by, or you judge a person's character, or one of the ways to judge a person's character is what they do for people that doesn't owe them anything, mm-hmm. right? So stay with me here. Jazz, you work with and have a foundation, Polished Angels. Aww. That 
organization, it, it really brought me back to my college days because I remember I'm a member of Five Minute Sitting Fraternity Incorporated. Shout out to my bro. But but anyway, we went to nursing homes and we did some of those things. So without spilling the beans and for you know our listeners who's who's watching. Tell us about that foundation, Polish Angels, what it's about. Because it, it's so dear to me because I love that type of stuff. Yeah, me too. And you just hit it, hit it right there. Like by saying it's so good when you do something for someone who can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that is my purpose. And like overall, back to me loving people, I love to give to people. Like that really just shows my heart and shows my character and who I am because I like to put a smile on people's faces. Like that is so important to me. So Polished Angels came about because I love seniors. Like I have a fascination with seniors because I think it goes back to my childhood. Um, I wasn't raised, you know, with my grandparents around. And I always kind of like secretly envied like my friends who had like their abuela or abuelo that they couldn't see after school, you know, and I always wish that, wow, I wish I had a, you know, a grandma that I could go shopping with or that I could go over and send me a meal. Like, you know, my grandparents, they were around, but they weren't around as much and they were Jehovah's Witness and, you know, there was a language barrier because it's Spanish and I'm not fluent in Spanish. So there were some things that kind of like, you know, affected the, our relationship. Um, but, you know, when my, when my grandmother was around, she was able to like, you know, do the little things for me, but overall we didn't have the best relationship. So that's why I love seniors. And I think that Polished Angels for me, when I started it, it was just like my way of having plenty of grandmothers and plenty of grandpas, you know, that I could call my own. And I literally would have like friends, I have friendships with these people and I feel sad talking about it because due to the pandemic, you know, I haven't been able to have an event and I haven't done a Polished Angels event in a very long time. And it meant a lot to me because a lot of these seniors, they don't get visitors. They don't have people checking for them. And I feel bad because they have a lot of life in them, some of them, you know? And it's just not right that they go day to day without seeing someone that's going to make them happy or do something to make them feel good. And so I feel like, well, I want to be able to be that person that they can look forward to every month at least that's going to come and pamper them and give them like a gift and make them feel loved for however long I'm there for. And at least I know that, you know, I made a difference in their life. And that's what Polished Angels is all about. And um, I'm so thankful that God put me in the position to be able to, like, be there to be for there, these yeah. people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love it. It, it, it. It's super dope. And like you say, it, it, it doesn't cost a thing to just visit mm-hmm. uh, we used to go just to now elaborate a little bit we yeah used to go read, the, read the bible uh to the seniors um uh, paint their nails play uh, you know bingo and, and all sorts of things like that and it's so unfortunate now in the, in the pandemic you know you know that we're in you can't even visit you know your own relative you know to, so to volunteer for those yeah. that have their heart to want to do it i know it's it's hurting, but it's really hurting for those that was visiting their mothers and fathers yeah. or whoever in the you know in those centers uh, and yeah. not being able to. So it, it, it's really a it's really a, a crazy thing. And so how are you surviving in this in this Corona and this COVID? I know work was off for you guys, and then you went virtual, and now you're back in, in office. But outside of the work, but personally speaking, how are you? Uh, personally speaking, I have my ups and downs. That's the straight truth. And I was talking about that in my prayer work video on my Instagram page today about not feeling like myself all the time. You know, I have my moments where I feel like empowered and then I have my moments where I feel discouraged and Mm -hmm. I feel like, oh gosh, like, am I uh, fulfilling everything like I'm supposed to be fulfilling at this certain time of my life? You know, my birthday is approaching. I'm going to be 36 on election day. Oh, and I'm just oh, like, wow, I can't birthday. believe I'm going to be 36. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where did this come from? Am I, you know, do I have enough for 36? Like, 
and I just feel like did I accomplish enough by you know for 36 and I am sometimes hard on myself about that like I wish I had this I wish I had that you know like all those things that we do as humans um so this pandemic for me having the extra time has you know been a gift and a curse because it's a gift because I've always been busy like always out and about and never really having time to just like be on my couch and not do nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I would always try to schedule a day, like, in my, you know, my schedule where I could just be home one day and not go anywhere, you know? And now being able to do that every day, it's just like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like, like, oh, this is me. Hey, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, I've always enjoyed myself and being in my own company, but I've always been really hard on myself. So mm-hmm. having this extra time, I'm a little bit more critical, mm-hmm. you know, of certain things about me. And I think that's where I start to like, you know, get discouraged, like, you know, start to overanalyze myself. Um, but ultimately, um, this pandemic has definitely um, built my relationship, you know, with like my boyfriend, you know, we've gotten a lot closer because we've been spending more time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has really been like the main person that I've seen the most during this. And it's so crazy because, you know, when we go to work, our coworkers are usually the people that we see the most in our life because mm-hmm. we're always at work, right. you know? So for now, not it being the opposite and just be my boyfriend that I see more than anyone it's just like oh my gosh like <laughs> so when did you get here <laughs> yeah right like like wow like we're really doing this <laughs> no so you know but it, it's it's good though and it's something to look forward to and I just like am so happy to have him and like my mom I still I get to you know go see her and um, my siblings and my niece and my nephew they make me feel so loved um, so, yeah, I've just been spending more time with my family, I guess you can say. Um, I've been coloring, uh, which I've never done before, but I have, like, a coloring book that I've no, colored I was going to say, all right, artist, you're an artist. Yeah, <laughs> I draw a little bit, so um, I actually have been dabbling with drawing again. But, yeah, I think that's how I'm dealing with it, you know, watching TV. And I passed those phases of cooking. Like, I was cooking a lot in the beginning. I was cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And the um, you guys call it over there. Yeah, <laughs> then I was getting those quarantine pounds, and I was just like, all right, now, hold up. We got to <laughs> do something about this, you know? No. No, <laughs> got to no. keep it tight and right. So I was just like, okay, well, let me go run. And I started running, and um, I made that like my workout regimen when I was running like every day. And so that was good because that helped me, like, you know, shed some of them quarantine pounds. So now I feel like I'm back to myself. <laughs> no, that's, no, I saw you. I say, Jay, out there running, man. I, I definitely can't do it. A bunch of y'all on, on, you know, people on, you know, a social media period, you see them running, you just like, and I have a Fitbit. So people go, yeah. like, do you exercise? Like, no, I like. Oh, my I, God, I, it was so encouraging to wear my Apple Watch because I always wanted to beat, like, my score from the previous day. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I rock with the Fitbit. I have the Apple Watch, but then people on the Apple Watch really rocking it out. The folks that's on here, they're not really walking a whole lot. So I'm, oh, I'm feeling not, like okay. a champion over here. I don't want to <laughs> mess that up. I want to keep feeling like a champion. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but listen, I am. And for that, you know, a good segue again. So thinking about champions on each and every episode on the Finesse Media Podcast, we ask our finessers, who is yourself right here. Uh, again, just as a recap, we bring on people that's finessing the game. So again, thank you, Yes, for coming on the podcast. Uh, but again, you as a finesser, we ask all of our finessers that join the podcast, who's that finesser for you? So who is that person or, yeah, person that I usually ask? Uh, that's finesse in the game or that you call a finesse and not necessarily somebody that you emulate or want to model after. And everyone has already given me like 17 answers when I say this, but if it's one person in your life, great. But if it's more than one person, who's that finesse for you though? Because you definitely Okay, I am going to say, I'm going to mention three. Okay. Number one, my mother, because that's my biggest role model. And I am, like, really proud of what she's been able to build and how she has, you know, instilled so many great qualities in me. And um, I admire her. And I've always looked up to her work ethic. Um, I 
admired the fact that when people respected her at her job, like whenever I would go to work with her, everybody knew her and respected her. And I felt like I wanted to, you know, be that same kind of person in my work environment. Um, so I learned a lot of that from my mother. And um, she's just a hard worker overall and just very ambitious, you know. And she did a lot with the little that she had. And I, you know, would love to be half the woman that she is, if I could, you know. And mm -hmm. um, Kalana Barfield would be number two. I always say that Kalana is freaking incredible. I look up to her. She's like this big stylist. And she is amazing, you know. She's a black woman. And she has done a lot with her career. And she's constantly evolving. Every time I look on Kalana's page, she has a new project at least like every two months. And so I look up to her in so many ways. I had the, like, the pleasure of being able to work with her a few times at the Wendy show because she's um, been an expert for a few of my fashion shows that I've produced. And every time I see her, I'm like, oh, my God, I love you. You're amazing. I think you're so great. Thank you so much. Like, <laughs> and then she's probably like, stop it. But I just like, I think she's so great. Like, I would love to be her friend if I could. She's like my friend in my head. Like, we're not friends like that, but, you know, she knows me and she respects me in the same, but kudos to um, Kalana. And then number three is my goal, my future goal. And I have to say that is the company, God is Dope. The company God is Dope is huge, and I love what they are doing. Um, and even Spiritual Word, I would say as well, which is another page that I follow, um, they have made a big impact in the community uh, with putting out, you know, T-shirts that represent God. And this uh, business is faith-based. It's very big. There are a lot of people that have shirts out there that are faith influenced. Yeah. yeah. I and I just, you know, admire the amount of orders that they get because they'll post about it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I get excited about five orders. They get like 500 in like an hour. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God, like, how is that even possible? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, that is gold. Like, I pray to God that one day spicy Christians will grow so big that you will see it in so many places and know that it's a spicy Christian shirt and that my sales will pop off where I'm getting, like, 50 to 100 orders, like, every hour, every two, whatever, you know. So that's something that I definitely, like, am hoping for and, like, yeah. No, I look up to them. That's dope. Well, three finessas. That's not bad. And they all <laughs> they all definitely somebody in the replay. I got to check out because uh, it can't roll it back off to you. But in the replay, definitely will follow them. And, and thank you for sharing those finessas. And you're mm -hmm. right. Uh, but you're, all, you're always shipping things away. I, I did uh, some finesse media uh, promo shirts. And uh, Jazz, I probably went to the post office maybe five times. And I'm like, I can't do this. How the hell is Jazz doing this? And you're out here like, bam, bam, bam. And I'm in no way of, like I say, selling product. And I tell people this in every social media. People watching me, following me, Facebook, you know this. It's no secret. But thank you for supporting, you know, and buying a shirt. But I couldn't do it. I mean, definitely, you know. I saw that you doing this and you shipping out. Yeah, you you saying five. And first of all, let me tell you, it was a struggle being on it. the line. The line is crazy. And then so you, I was like in the heat in the summertime. I was <laughs> on the line for sometimes an hour with my packages. I was like, but it's all good though. It's gonna work. It's good. all worth it. It's all worth it. It's gonna work. It's gonna you know work out for my good. You know. But ain't nobody it's tell you. Off. Ain't nobody tell you you have to have all this good product, though. I'm telling you, so uh, following this, it's, a, it's, it's that shirt for the fall, I'm ready for. The God always come through. I'll be yes. back on the site getting some things because it's, it's good product. So make Thank sure you, you. Know, check out uh, the website, spicychristians.com, and check out everything Jazz got going on. Yes. And I thank you so much for coming thank on the you. podcast. But let people know how they can continue to follow you and support okay. and get this product you know, on their backs and get ready for the fall. First of all, I want to say thank you to you, Ken, and I just want to shine the light on you because I love what you're doing. I've heard a lot about you as well, and I believe we have a mutual friend, Cece, and she always speaks very highly of you. So South in the City, I think she goes by on Instagram, Soul in the City. Sienna? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cece, yeah. So she always speaks very highly of you, and that's my girl. 
And I am just really proud of what you're doing, especially as a black man, a young black man. You have such a beautiful spirit. And I see a lot of big things happening in your future. You make people feel good. And that's great. You know, it's not easy to be interviewed, but your spirit makes people feel comfortable. And I just want to pray and bless God, ask God to continue to bless you and, you know, anoint you and just pour into you. Um, and I'm just grateful for you having me here. So thank you for that. You know, you definitely spoke about everything that I do. So thanks for, you know, giving me the opportunity to, like, tell your folks all about it. Um, and as far as where you can follow me, at Jazzalina on Instagram. That's my personal page. And then my merchandise page is at spicy underscore Christians. Um, and then it's at Polish Angels for my nonprofit. So, yeah, when you follow me on any of those pages, you'll see a list of all the others. But, yes, I would love to connect with anybody that wants to know more about God and wants to, you know, get some spicy Christian merch. Absolutely, Jazz. Thank you so much. I appreciate the words. And uh, we'll continue to support you, continue to finesse the game, and come back, man. Thank you. I'm come so back. happy we did this. Yes. yes. Listen, I need you to come back and keep telling me how you're doing. Keep on coming back, man. So, Jazz, y'all, make sure y'all check her out on all of our social media platforms that she mentioned to you. She's a little bit frozen for people who can see me, but I think Jazz is still good. She's in the building. Uh, but, y'all, thank you so much. It's been another episode of Finesse Media Podcast Season 3. Yes, I love you, sis, man. Yeah. Keep shining, queen. I love you. You too. Bye, King. All right. I'll see you, <laughs> sis. Have a good night. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast. Make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are released. Also, make sure that you are following us on all of our social media pages. Instagram, we are at Finesse Media. Twitter, check us out at underscore Finesse Media. And on Facebook, Finesse Media LLC. See you next week with something brand new.